time. Play involves an openness to try new and unfamiliar things, but unfortunately, play means being familiar with disappointment, and I don't really like that. Not everyone wins at a card game. The very best major league players don't hit the ball 70% of the time. And the fact that I find goodness in my relationship with my husband doesn't mean we don't have to navigate miscommunication and work through hurt we cause each other. Um, So today I want to revisit this idea of play, but through the lens of hospitality, um, which kind of seems fitting as we're going into the summer months, we're all coming out of our caves, we're not hibernating anymore, and um, our neighbors are out, and we're just spending a lot more time outside. And with our community picnics right around the corner, it's a good thing to revisit with each other. So today, I'm inviting you to risk disappointment, perceive failure, and discover goodness and delight in playful hospitality this summer. Um, So my sources come from kind of two directions. I want to visit uh, four passages in Luke and read about how Jesus was playful at mealtime. Jesus is human, just like us. He knows our bodies matter, and he does some really crazy things around mealtime sometimes to switch up the paradigm. But also, the women here this spring have been reading the turquoise table, and so I want to draw from that. Um, The author Kristen Schell found a way to connect with her neighborhood by putting a picnic table on her front lawn, and it turned out so well that she wrote a book about it. And although she's writing to women, I think she's got something for all of us. So I'm going to kind of draw from both of those sources to chat with you today. Um, The first passage that I'm going to read is Luke 4, 38 and 39. It might be on the screen. Luke 4, 38 and 39. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. So what I think about this passage is that Jesus modeled a sort of humility that was open to being impacted by another. Jesus was willing to be served by someone who needed his healing just moments before. Um, To put it in the context of hospitality, I think hospitality done well allows for mutual transformation. You and I are both changed when we interact with each other. Henry Nouwen writes, The paradox of hospitality is that it wants to create emptiness, not a fearful emptiness, but a friendly emptiness where strangers discover themselves. And the way Kristen Schell puts it is that hospitality takes the posture of humility, no longer seeking to impress but to serve. The heart of hospitality is to make people feel welcome and at ease. When I was talking this sermon out with Jason earlier this week, he put it really well. Jason called this mutual transformation this kind of 
an odd sort of both belonging, like this is my church, and willingness to give it up, like this is also your church. And this kind of give and take is this what I'm talking about with this mutual transformation. And I think Jesus, Jesus did that when he was willing to serve and be served in this passage in Luke. Hospitality is not about control, but about cultivating a holy emptiness that allows room for guests to be released from our agenda and to discover and define their true selves, as, as one of my professors says. We stop using conversation to make the other person a lot more like us. These moments when we are truly present for the sake of mutual transformation are time-altering. Living in the moment with another person holding the past at bay and the future at bay is, for the sake of now, it's, it's kind of an eternalness. Um, this sort of hospitality honors the image of God in the guest. So I'm wondering, are you willing to be impacted by other people? Do you appreciate the differences you see in the people around you? So my second passage, Luke 5, 29 to 32. Did I say these are all passages in Luke? Luke 5, 29 to 32. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus and oh, they were, they were complaining. Why does Jesus eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Jesus loves being with people, no matter who they are or what they bring to the conversation. So what I'm seeing in this is hospitality is a space for everyone to belong. Kristen Schell writes, The turquoise table, that was her picnic table, is a place for everyone from every walk of life to sit down in safety, dignity, respect, and love, to be heard and to belong. When have you struggled to belong or felt excluded? Where have you known most deeply that you belong? We have a felt need to connect. Statistics show that despite our increased digital connections that we have with each other, we're lonelier than ever. People are hungry for connection and belonging. And honestly, we're made to be in community by God who loves us. So I think we need to consider belonging as part of hospitality. It's hard to belong when people don't know your name. So I would encourage you to start by just learning someone's name. Um, Take the risk of failure by trying out a a name that you're not so sure about. Um, My third passage, Luke 10, 38 to 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 
Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In this passage, what I see is that Jesus, the guest, becomes the host, and he takes the position of naming what is most important. Um, Hospitality invites simplicity in the midst of our busy lives. For Kristen Schell, it was about being present and not distracted. What are some of the things that distract you from hospitality? Sometimes the negative voices in our heads are the loudest, the loudest things that distract us. Kristen Shell offers some reasons that we avoid sharing our lives with people around us. Our homes aren't big enough, close enough, decorated pretty enough. We don't have time or money or energy. We're overwhelmed. We don't know who to invite. We're afraid nobody will show up. These ideas, whether true or made up, they pull on us and they hold us back. Kristen says, it's when we come to the table broken and vulnerable, not hiding behind our perfection, that the realness happens. When we're really human, we connect. Disappointment is the emotion we feel when things don't go right. But that's also part of the risk of play. And it means making room for the mistakes. That's the beauty of vulnerability, and somehow, I don't get it, but vulnerability deepens our relationships with each other. I, I know it does. <laughs> um, my fourth passage, my last passage, is Luke 19, 1 through 6. Luke 19, 1 through 6. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus. Uh, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed to a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I love this story and the audacity of Jesus. Jesus just says, I'm coming to your house. Almost a whether you like it or not, just Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. But amazingly, I think maybe that's what Zacchaeus wanted all along. Um, What I see from this passage is hospitality is always about the people. Kristen says, genuine hospitality begins with opening our lives It's just as important as we open our lives as it is our homes. And sharing who we are is far more important than sharing what we bake. Although cookies might soften us up to share the pieces of us that are shy, hospitality begins in the heart, not in the oven. So I'm wondering, who are the people in your life right around you that you haven't really even seen? Just a couple days ago, after reading the turquoise table, my kids were playing in the front yard, and I met neighbors who lived just across the street from us. The warmth of springtime had brought both of us outside. They had a 15-month-old daughter. We had a two-year-old that were both kind of trying to run in the street. And after a few minutes of talking, I went back in and realized I had met a new friend. And that was really special. 
Yates says this very well. There are no strangers here, only friends you have not met. I believe God is already at work in our neighborhoods. It's pretty cool that we get to partner with him this summer. And I'm really looking forward to our community picnics and practicing hospitality together. But I invite you to also consider what playful hospitality might look like in your own neighborhood, too. Hospitality doesn't have to be a big production. Just try it. Take time to sit on your front porch or your front yard. Take cookies, lemonade, tea outside. Take time to notice the rhythms of your neighborhood. Take a soccer ball to the park. And know that it's totally okay and good to just be ordinary. In the words of one of my professors, what if this time you don't wager in fear but on love? I'd like to close with a blessing from John O'Donohue. May you have the eyes to see that no visitor arrives without a gift and no guest leaves without a blessing.